Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I am again joined by Scott Weatherly of the 20th Century Geek Podcast and Stories Out of Time and Space. So anyone who tuned into the last two weeks of Genuine Chit Chat knows that myself and Scott spoke about the author H.P. Lovecraft, who is probably most famous for creating the creature called Cthulhu and the whole mythos of Lovecraftian horror. So he spoke about that for like two episodes, that was nearly two hours worth of content. And then we were still talking, the whole conversation was like two and a half hours or so, and the last 40 minutes of that was this part, which is all about Moon Knight. Now Moon Knight is a Marvel character, and that's really all the information I'm going to give you because Scott, very artistic particularly goes through it all. One of the reasons I want to speak about it is because recently Oscar Isaac was announced to play Moon Knight in the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus TV series. I think it's coming out next year, or it might even be the year after that. I can never remember because Disney do so far ahead in all of their sort of releases and things. But in the next couple of years, we're going to get a Moon Knight live action TV series. And I knew almost nothing about Moon Knight. So I had a few questions for Scott and he just talks about, you know, who he is, where he appeared, um, what Scott kind of wants from the upcoming series, what makes Moon Knight different to other superheroes, lots of cool things like that. So it's a really good sort of entry into Moon Knight. And I know that Marvel Unlimited has quite a few Moon Knight comics and things as well. Uh, So if you do check out my Star Wars podcast and you listen to that and you check out any Star Wars comics on Marvel Unlimited, you can also check out some Moon Knight stuff as well. And also for clarity, this episode was actually up a week early on my Patreon. Whenever I release certain episodes that get split into two or anything like that, I generally release part one and part two as one episode on Patreon when part one drops on this normal feed. So if you want to get early access to most of my longer episodes by a week or two, uh, and also you want access to my Afterthoughts show that I do with my girlfriend Megan, who's been on Genuine Chit Chat many times, uh, where we talk about movies and TV series and things that we've watched, we release generally two episodes of that a week. And for today on this release, uh, The Big Lebowski is out. Which Megan did not like. (laughs) I really enjoyed it, but Megan was not a fan. And soon we've got Spider Man 3 coming out, the Tobey Maguire one, which I'm very excited because it's half an hour long and Megan just tears it to shreds. So, very excited to release that on Patreon and things. So, if you want to go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat, there's two episodes up completely for free right now, which is season one of The Witcher and our review of Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Uh, So, go check that out. And then, if you feel like it deserves it, you can contribute some money to the show and get all the extra content. Anyway, guys, that is enough from me here at the start make sure you give loads of love to scott on social media and whatnot and um, yeah i'll be back at the end to give you guys information of what's coming up and more information on all the other things that i'm involved with so there'll be a quick promo for the american slacker podcast that i'll play they were kind enough to play one of my promos on their recent episode so i'd return the favor and then after that my conversation with scott weatherly about moon knight hi i'm matt and i am jesse so like what is american slacker i guess right the highest amount of dick jokes per episode per podcast we've been on the air for 57 straight years 57 straight years of dick jokes things constantly soaring over my head you pulling my chain and your weekly weird news we're also cannabis friendly we kind of sneak it in there almost like you're lacing the brownies at the family reunion it's a ride of your motherfucking life fucking 11 when there's only 10 on the dial weapons of mass destruction it's a threat to society. Food assaults. Yeah, that happens too sometimes. An ostrich took a lit match into a fireworks factory. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. No, that's our third story. Oh my God. America, what are you doing? So is someone dumb getting fucked over. Well, you know, they should have never gave raccoons rights, in my opinion. <laughs> oh my God. You can help us. You can help everyone. Download our shit now. We're second America. America. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So one thing I did want to ask you about then is I've got the, I've got the two paths. I can ask you about Moon Knight or Warbat 2000 AD. I think. I'll go with Moon Knight for mm-hmm. now, and then maybe because 2080 is another one of those uh, is another realm I want to delve into. You know where I'm at the I've consumed the MCU, and obviously I'm a massive Star Wars fan. Everyone knows that. And then it's like okay, then I want to get into some of the cooler stories of in the MCU and things. But then I'm also trying to go off them the other way, which is the more mm-hmm. quote, intellectual stuff. You know, Miracle Man sort of thing. You know, basically anything with Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman to begin with. And 2080 is one of those things where 
Um, the Star Wars author, Kevin Scott, actually, um, he's quite active on Twitter and he doesn't have too many followers. So I often tweet at him and he often responds, which is lovely. Mm. And he was reading, he always posts, he gets that comics every week. He's, he loves Lego and stuff, which is quite cute. But he posted something about 2008 and I tweeted him. He's like, oh, cool. You read 2008. That's really awesome. Like my friends have. How long have you been reading? He was like, oh, since, I think he said either, he was either since the beginning or the last 40 years, but those two might be the same thing. Like, it's been going on. Yes, f- 44 years this year. Yeah, yes, so I think yeah. he's basically been reading them for like ever, and I was like, mm. I think 2000 AD is another one of those things where I, I think maybe a whole podcast we could do about him after I've mm. read a little bit, because it's, once, once again, like most people have heard of Judge Dredd in some fashion, but Judge Dredd, I, I didn't really realise until very recently, where it's like, oh no, Judge Dredd is one character in one anthology universe yeah, yeah and there's so many like when i've when i because i said to him i was like oh what's your favorite um what's your favorite part of it and i think he said rogue is it rogue squadron or rogue soldier or something on rogue trooper rogue trooper there you go that's the one yeah, i think yeah. dave mentioned that one as well so there's so many mm. things i want to delve into but because we don't have a whole another two hours or we do i'll take far too long <laughs> one day, one we day. Will. Um, we will. i want to go about moon knight a little bit because mm. um my I know, boy look at him over there my boy i know it's one of those <laughs> weird things where some of my peripheral knowledge of comic book stuff, stuff comes from is because I used to collect Top Trumps a lot, and hmm. I, I was obsessed with them. I had hundreds of packs. And, you know, Marvel, they're like three packs of Marvel, so there's like 90 Marvel ones, same with DC. So I, I seem to vaguely recognize and know random characters, and I have, like, ideas of them on the basis of, oh, their intelligence is 7 out of 10. Well, they're smarter than <laughs> this person, but they're not, you know... And then they've got like one paragraph, well, call it a paragraph, on a card this big, it's really a sentence of describing them. And he's one of those things where I feel like if I got into him, I would love it. And I think you're the Moon Knight aficionado, and I know Superheroes for Dummies at some point, when they eventually do a Moon Knight episode, because mm. sort of people voting, they want to get you on there. And I want to listen to that episode desperately. But until people vote on that, <laughs> I'm going to say, for the, maybe the next, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, I just, I just want to ask about Moon Knight in general. Like... Who the hell is he? Why do you like him so much? And tell me what, why someone should read Moon Knight, really. Because obviously Oscar Isaac, I think, is going to be Moon Knight. He is. Thing, yeah, which yeah. I'm very excited for because I fucking love Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah. I can't so wait. So excited. <laughs> It's, uh, and it's also yeah, it's got uh, and Ethan Hawke. Uh, oh shit! Is, really? Is, is, yeah, is is opposite him. Now don't now I, there was speculation of who Ethan Hawke could be playing, but uh, we shall see. But um, yeah, Moon Knight. So Moon Knight is um, is Mark Spector, mm-hmm. and and Mark Spector is or was um, a mercenary. So as much with the with the Marvel uh, comic universe, you know, people's origins get a bit mixed up and stuff like that but um you know they've all fought in different wars because of time moving um but basically he was a cia operative he became a mercenary and then you know in selling himself to whoever worked for um a person called raul bushman who had a sort of a a big skull tattooed face and big sharp teeth had his, and they basically wanted that when conducting a mission, they then saw there was an archaeological dig, uh, and they thought, oh, lots of money to be made from archaeological artifacts, especially in Egypt, where they were. And so uh, they went to attack this archaeological dig. Mark Spector steps up and says, no, that's wrong. Uh, these people are innocent. And Raoul shoots him, kills him, or kills him, I should say in, in quotation marks, and he falls dead, and they basically attack the, the camp. He is shot and killed at the foot of a statue of the, the Egyptian god Khonshu. He's the god of the moon, uh, or the god of vengeance, or the god of the night walkers, depending on which run you read. <laughs> um, but, but basically the foot of Khonshu. And Khonshu brings him back from death um, and says, you are now my avatar on earth, go take vengeance. And so he comes back from the dead. He dons a white sheet that was just happily lying around. Um, and he goes off and he, he sort of hunts down Bushman and then, that's his origin. And then he becomes Moon Knight back in New York. And it's almost like a redemption. The original sort of or this concept is him trying to redeem himself for, the, for his acts as a mercenary. That's the sort of canonical um, origin. Um, there's a bit before that where he was he first appeared in Werewolf by Night 32, um, I think. Um, and uh, uh, which I have got in the attic. I have got that. Uh, I've got his first appearance. Um just to get that in there. Just make sure. Just uh, people know, guys, listen, Scott has got his <laughs> Moon Knight's first appearance. Just a, as a precursor to Superheroes for Dummies when he eventually goes to, to be, He just, is the official fair, yeah. Just as you know, I've got two of them. But that's before, <laughs> before, he became, before he became Biggie, I was getting them a lot cheaper than they're going for now. Um, 
but basically he he appeared as a villain in werewolf by night he was brought in by uh, an organization called the syndicate to take on and i love the fact they've got this jack russell um who is the werewolf by night best name ever that is the fact, um and and so he came in he was donned in silver uh, and he fought the werewolf and then in the second issue he sort of turns on the syndicate helps jack russell escape and then he goes off and he keeps the suit and then he just started appearing in, in, in random issues like he appeared in uh the thing and so you know the thing would have a sort of a, a meet with he, he appeared in some defenders issues in the 70s and then um Bill Sinkovich and uh, Doug Monch or Doug Monich got got hold of him. Uh, Ron, not Ron Perlman, but Doug Perlman uh, invented him, created him. But then Doug Monich got got hold of him and created this short run of stories that were backup stories for Hulk, uh, the Incredible Hulk magazine. Uh, and they're called, let me just check, Countdown to Dark. They're collected as. And they're sort of like, they're, they sort of collect like the first bunch of good stories of Moon Knight. And th- at that point, Bill uh, Sinkovich's art is very sort of Neil Adams. It's really lithe and it's wonderful art, wonderful colouring as well. And then he got given his own run and it went on from there. So that's sort of his, his, his opening. Um, what is he though? Sort of, it's, it's hard to describe. Basically, he, he wears it all white or silver, depending on the thing. He has a moon on his chest, he wears a hood and a mask. So he's got a really quite distinctive look, and he's got a really cool look. I really love it. And it's one of those where they've tried to sort of um, give him justification for wearing white. Like, yeah, he you know he is moon knight, and so he sort of reflects the moon. But there was a run in the mid to early 2000s, I think 2004, 2005, with Sean Houston did it. And the, the opening arc of that is called The Bottom. It's, it's basically literally Mark is at the bottom of everything. Like, he's, he's lost everything, and it's about his comeback. But the, you find out the reason he wears white is because he wants to. See, he wants people to see him coming, and he and that's what actually what um, Oscar Isaac hashtags when he sent that video out recently of him doing some fight training. He said hashtag the one you see coming, and I, that's how everyone's like um, <laughs> excited stuff. So he, he is. He, the thing with me, like he's aggressive, he's violent, like he's you know, in he may or may not be insane. Now that's the, that's the thing that I kind of the thing that intrigued me the most about him because you know bluntly with the MCU well not MCU with Marvel comics and DC comics gem- generally Marvel's a bit more quippy generally DC's a bit more dark but collectively yeah. it's still PG thirteen superheroes in yeah. general aside from a few you know exceptions and they're quite interesting most of them but you know sca- you know people wearing costumes beating up uh, crime uh, criminals and stuff that has been done a thousand times. But mm. now I don't know if this is potentially uh, some sort of vague spoiler or something. But am I right in thinking schizophrenia? The word has been thrown around, or multiple personality disorder, or multiple something. Multiple personality. That's yeah. what so I'm getting it, confused. It, 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 yeah. So basically, when he comes back from Egypt with uh, his new girlfriend uh, Marlene, who was digging up the artifacts, um, she becomes eye candy. Like she is literally there just to look pretty and get into trouble for the first couple of uh, issues and stuff. She becomes a lot more important as, as the runs go on, and she's sort of like his anchor to reality uh, later on. And they've they've had some really interesting relationships. Um, but when he comes back, he creates these personas. So he is Mark Spector, the mercenary. So that's where all his fighting skills come from. And he's sort of like, you know when he's we need to rely on that, he can do. But he's also rich. He's a mercenary, so he's got all this money. So if in order for him to access uh, high society and understand what's going on there, he creates a, a persona called Stephen Grant who's well-to-do and, and you know people accept him. But he also wants to know what's going on in the street. So he becomes a taxi driver called Jake Lockley. Now, to begin with, they are just personas, and they've all got their own little um, cues and different things, like Jake Lockley where, has a moustache, and he hangs out at, this, at Gina's diner, and he has a, a, a street informant called Crowley. And over the issues, like they are different personas. That's all. He just uses them to think. And then about... In the, the first run's 32 issues long, and then about halfway through that, all of a sudden, uh, Marlene starts sort of saying to him, like, you know, you can't talk to me like that. He's like, you know, she's he's going like, look, listen, love, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm off out to be, I'm I'm off out of my cab. And she's like, well, when's Stephen coming home? He's like, I don't know. And he starts to realize that he's actually not personas, he's blending into these characters a bit too much. And they do start to address it, like, you know, is he all right, you know, doing this? Uh, and that became his thing. Like in that first run, they really do address. Like they they come into this idea of like he these may not be personas; these may be distinct personalities. And the personality thing has been dropped and picked up and dropped again, and and, and this other thing. But um, 
it's sort of the core of it is these these four personalities. You've got Mark Spector, Steve Grant, Jake Lockley, and Moon Knight, and they they mesh together to form this thing. And I love that. That really the most current run has really embraced that. Like this idea that like no, they all exist in his head, and he has to deal with that. And they really thrown us for a loop over the time. I mean, fortunately, like Brian Michael Brian Bendis did a run, twelve issue run on it, uh, which was terrible. Uh, it was done by um, what's it, Malieve, um, the art who's who did a lot of Daredevil stuff with um, with Bendis as well. And um, I've heard the name thrown around, but I cannot. Yeah, remember. it's really beautiful to look at, but the story's crap. Um, but instead of that, instead of his usual personalities, he takes on the personas of Avengers. So he takes on like Wolverine, um, Spider Man, and Captain America. Um, it's interesting, but doesn't quite work. The best ones is when he's really sort of like he is broken, hmm. like you know. Because the other thing as well is Konshu real. So Konshu comes back. Not only has he got these other personalities, he has this being Konshu, which brought him back to life. Now, it, 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 it meant it for for a long time he was Konshu was just the deity that he worshipped, or he was the avatar of Konshu. And then eventually, sort of Konshu started to turn up and was like, "No, no, I'm a I'm a real being." Uh, and you need to do as I say, and it's also in in Sh- uh, Sean Houston's run. Like it, that's the the question: is is he is this really Conshu or is he crazy? And so he sort of hung around, and it was even sort of suggested at one point that Conshu is a deity, but he's an interdimensional being, uh, and like these other characters, these are the gods that exist in the MCU and all this other stuff. So it's never ever been clarified. Mm. Uh, and Jeff Lemire did a, a really wonderful run. Uh, again, like a twelve-issue run that just sort of really delved into this idea of uh, split personality and his perception of reality and is he crazy? And what they did was that I really loved was as he slipped from personality to personality, they'd have a different artist doing it. Mm. So it was mainly dr- dr- uh, dr- uh, draw- drawn by Greg Smallwood, um, but then they'd have like other people come in and do these other personalities, and then he would literally fall from one to the other. And so it's really, really well done. And then Max Bemis did the most recent run a couple of years ago. And in that, they had a storyline where um, Jake Lockley has had a child with Marlene and all the other personalities don't know. Oh, I see. And so they're like, oh, and so Max Spector finds out he's a father, but like, you know, um, how does he deal with that? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm biologically the father, but Jake Lockley's actually the father. And they dealt with that. And, and so... There's just been this, yeah. It's is he crazy? Yes or no? We don't know. Mm. When he's hand, when he's handled well, like Moon Knight is ace. Like he's really. There's a couple of runs that are just fantastic. When he's handled badly, it's terrible. Um, there was a team up thing they did a while ago that was Doctor Strange driven, and um. Called Damnation, I think. I've seen that advert. I was about to say Damnation because that's like a quite a big event, wasn't it? Because it was advertised in a lot of my Star Wars mm. comics. Yeah, yeah. Don't bother. It's awful. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't read any uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, but the Moon Knight they have in that is akin to Deadpool. Like he becomes like the jokey, jokey one. And you're like, he's not like this ever before or since. So, you know, you clearly don't get the character or you wanted Deadpool and you weren't allowed him. Um, so. It's yeah, but when he's written well, like he's he's he is broken. Like Mark Spector is sort of one of these he's one of these characters that keeps trying to do good, but you know, it never quite works out. Like he wins and he does stuff, but like he's not really welcome. Yeah, re- at what you know, cost almost like yeah, oh you saved the city, but you've actually killed twelve children in doing it, and then we're gonna focus on that. Not that, yeah, kind of like a simplistic yeah. way of looking at it. Like he joined like the Secret Avengers, like Captain America when he was Commander Rogers brought him in to the Secret Avengers. But he was like, oh, but you're not going to be a part of the real Avengers. Like you were in the nineties, but you know we don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, and then in the Houston run, he goes up against one of his villains, Black Spectre, who's trying to become Mayor of London. And eventually, it comes up. They come like this to this like a rooftop fight, and you know, Black Spectre's like, "Well, you can't kill me because I'm a public figure now. And if you kill me, they'll know you killed you killed me." He's like, "Yeah, that's true." Throws him off the roof. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a, there's an amazing issue during this run where it was during the Civil War. Mm. And so there's a, there's a whole run of, of issues for all the different characters where they're being assessed as to whether or not they should be given a license to be a superhero. Uh, and they they do. They, they assess Moon Knight. And at the end of it, basically, the guy who's assessing him comes out and he's like, I don't know what to make of this guy. Like, he's clearly man, like, clearly crazy, but, like, he's directing it in a good way. And it addresses this thing. And eventually he sort of says, 
give me a license or not, still going to do it. I'll happily <laughs> take her. And he's, he's basically challenging Iron Man to a fight. And you're like, yeah, this guy's nuts. Um, and you can't stop him. Um, but it is, it's a really, he's, he's a really interesting character. Mm. And um, he's been dealt in different ways. I, I, my first issues were the Houston run and drawn by David Finch as well. Who's awesome. His art is incredible. And then I was in Whitby and uh, in, a, in a secondhand bookshop and they had a bunch of comics and it was like 20 P each. And I was like, Ooh, flicking through. And there was like all these sort of, uh, they're called, it was a run from the early nineties called Mark Spector new moon night. Hmm. And, um, I grabbed a bunch of them. And then all of a sudden that sort of set me off on sort of some obsession where I was like, I've got to have every issue uh, of the moonlight runs now. And I've done it. I've got them all. And, uh, and, one of the things about Moon Knight, one of the things that intrigues me a bit is because it's, it's once again, it's obviously he's been in the Avengers to some amount and he, he's been, you know, if he's in Civil War, he was addressed. So it's one of those things where he's kind of like, the word of the day, peripheral. He's like, mm. he's a character that is known, but isn't mm. that famous. Because like, I, I vaguely heard of him and I, I knew before, obviously that poster I can't see greatly, but I know what he'd look like. I could, if I could draw, which I can't, I would be able to draw him or point him from like a lineup and things. Mm. But like, am I right in thinking he basically, he's never had like the big break. You know, Spider-Man's got a run at the moment, which I think is on its like 900th issue or 850th issue or something mental has been going on since like the 60s or something stupid. Yeah. But has he had just had loads of sort of mid-size runs, like 12 issue runs, just every couple of years, someone picks him up, 12 issues, and then he yeah, disappears. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the, he's had, the longest he had is a 60 issue run, mm-hmm. which was the Mark Spector Moon Knight, which is um, a mixed bag at best. Mm. It's a representation of, of, of some Chuck Dixon does a bunch of them. And so there's some really good writing and then it becomes very, very nineties. Um, like all of a sudden, like he's wearing adamantium armor and he has a tech and it, it, it ends weirdly it ends with his death. Mm. Um, and, and this is another thing, like the final issue. It's oh, there's a, an artist called Stephen Platt or, uh, who drew the, who draws the last final issue. It seems like a big deal in the nineties when, you know, when art was like all King and image were, we're ruling the roost. It's awful. <laughs> like some of the art is dreadful. Like Rob Le- Rob Lofeld sort of like level awful, but it was massive at the time. Uh, anyway, they kill off Moon Knight, and then the, the the run that the story that brings him back doesn't explain how he comes back. They just sort of like, oh no no, you're back from the dead. All right, and they sort of accept it. And there's a little there's a four issue arc called the Resurrection Wars, and it's sort of like, yeah, you're back, and you've got to do this thing, and off you go <laughs> you know like, oh wow all right fair enough um but it is that's the thing like you know it's sort of um he one of the great things about moon knight is he's never been one thing he's got all these different runs and he's never been like one thing he's just adaptable and he is crazy like it clearly is like he is just he's never stood still um warren ellis did a wonderful uh six issue run i know he's not exactly flavor of the month at the moment but in that he introduced a new character called Mr. Knight, where basically it's Moon Knight wearing a hood over his head and a, and a white, all white suit. <laughs> okay. And he basically turns up and that's like his, now that's his detective persona. <laughs> I see. Um, but he's also kick-ass. Like there's an, there's, a, there's an issue in that run. It's obviously six issues where a girl has been kidnapped in this building. And have you ever seen The Raid? Oh, I love that film. Both of them. Yeah. All right. Okay. So think the first film, right? In comic form in 22 pages. <laughs> This is mental. It is, he literally turns up and like, so Moonlight turns up in his limousine, his self-driving limousine, leans out and then basically just sort of starts a fight on the doorstep and it follows him up to the roof to save this girl. Um, and eventually sort of the end of the issue is him fighting this guy on the roof and the guy's like, ah, you've, you've run out of weapons and all this stuff. So he uses his moon cop to, to crash it into the building to kill this guy. <laughs> it's ace. Extreme, and yeah. it, it, it's one of those things with, with a lot of characters where, like, it's, it's my biggest. I've been on record saying this before, and I get oh, I haven't had any shit for it, fortunately. But like, I see, I'm not a big fan of Superman generally mm. because for me, he's boring because it's just well, he's a god, he's invincible, so there's no stories you can write apart from Krypton, apart from Kryptonite, some Lois Lane, or people in danger. But then people have mm. since said to me, yeah. There are a lot of craps uh, Superman runs, but all the best ones are ones that are him dealing with the fact that he is basically a god among people. Mm. And obviously that's kind of like Miracle Man, I assume it, it, it's a lot of... You know, Similar you, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's that sort of a bit a lot more darker and a lot less glossy. And 
I think that's what intrigues me about because while I'm trying to get into the realm of comics and things, like I I will read the, the you know the top tier Batman like when the DC Infinite eventually comes out in summer I think because I've got Marvel Unlimited and I've got you know I buy all the Star Wars comics because I'm a nut and it's just like with that it it's like. I'm going to pick up some cherry picks from certain stories. I've got a few Batman comics and stuff that are quite cool, like Hush and um, some of the new 52. And I've got my have been lent, uh, was it uh, Dark Knight Returns? You know, there's mm. big pillar stories. And I know that All-Star Superman's one that people keep telling me to read as well. So I'm going to read some mm. of the, you know, the big pillar names of certain comics because I want to. But like, I, I don't want, not to downplay anyone who has their favorite hero as Superman or Batman or anyone like that, but it's just like, they don't interest me in the same way because they're, Batman's a little bit more complex, but you generally know what you're getting. And I yeah, don't yeah. actually want that. Like, I, I like stories. And that's why some of the things with... Um, some of my big problems with a lot of the Star Wars comics is that the main run of Star Wars comics, the first one went on for like 75 issues. I personally was reading it and I gave up like years yeah. ago. I only picked them up again because I've been doing a Star Wars podcast. And so I've been recently rereading them. And I'm like, okay, when I read it now, I can see some of the connections and stuff. And I'm, because I'm analyzing it, it's more enjoyable for me to read now. But it's just like, apart from the, the Vader stories, there's so many random stories of Star Wars that are really cool, but they were the ones that you wouldn't expect to be good because they've got no attachment to everything else. And mm. I quite like the idea of Moon Knight and some of these other characters. Like, I, I want the more complex, dark issues. I don't want to see someone who is really cool who can beat the shit out of anyone because you can read literally millions of comics like if i wanted that i'll just read every spider-man comic that's ever been and i'll be happy until yeah. i die and still not have read them all but i don't i don't want that i want a, a character who is complex and there's that i like the extremes of humans in a in a, in a mm. sense you know I, and it's kind of what we're saying you know with miracle man and what you've kind of been saying about with lovecraft in a way it's that weird how far can you push the boundary of humanity yeah. in a sense and from what you've been describing Moon Knight is because there's not only there's the ambiguity of who the fuck he is in the sense of like, what's his core character? You know, Batman is, his parents are killed. He's really dark. He doesn't generally kill. Mm. That's really Batman in a nutshell. But with Moon Knight, because there's, he hasn't been popular enough to have the one core thing. So they keep changing and tweaking it. I am intrigued to get into that realm. Oh yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, you say about the Batman. If you just look over there, you can just see you see this here. I, I had yeah. a piece of art commission. Oh, that's amazing. Which has got a little a, a little version of the kiddie version of Batman and Moon Knight. It says copycat. It says you wish. Um, <laughs> uh, and then it is people say that oh, he's just Marvel's Batman. Like no, no, no. He is so much more complex than Batman. Like I think I think Batman's become boring in these days. And I love Batman. Like yeah. I really do. There's some wonderful and amazing classic tales. But I do think generic. He's become very generic. And like I said, the thing with Moon Knight is it keeps changing. Um, and the thing is as well, like they push the barrier, like, you know, Moon Knight is killed and he's had to deal with that. Like the, the Raul Bushman, the start of the bottom, um, there's this run that, that Houston did. It, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. It doesn't spoil it. It's, it's well known, but basically he, uh, Bushman kept pushing him. Imagine like if Bane, you know, when Bane comes to fight Batman, right. And Batman's like, I can't take it anymore. And they, he ends up breaking his back. Because again, like you know, so Batman does everything he can, but he can't kill. Like, that's his rule, right? That's not a problem for Moon Knight. Like they push him all the way, and so um, Moon Knight pushes Raoul Bushman off a roof. Well, basically, him, him, and Bushman off a roof down a fire escape. And when they land on the floor to make sure he's dead, he peels, his, he cuts his face off. <laughs> Jesus. And then, like, then he retires. Like he quit because his knees are all mashed up, and the, the bottom is about him coming back. But there's a moment in that when he's caught looking in the mirror, wearing Bushman's face, <laughs> and like that's look that's in a Marvel comic. But like, there's a picture of him wearing human skin, of someone else's human skin, and then he has to explain it to his girlfriend. And you're like, yeah, this isn't right. But like, there's a reason <laughs> this guy's not allowed to do. You know, it's it's that sort of thing of like you know, yeah, he's just so much comp more complicated. And again, like you say about his personality disorder, sort of this this this, they've really addressed it. Jeff Lemire started to address it by they had these flashbacks to his childhood and you find out that his dad so he's, the other thing is he's, he's jewish like mark Spector's jewish his dad's a rabbi uh and so they, they've involved that element as well so that's been really interesting but they find out that his dad had a mental illness now under, under diagnosed or indeterminate um mental illness but depression was definitely part of it as they, they acknowledge so there's this question then of like okay is there a genetic element like not saying that there is but that's the raise in the comic of like and, and mark questions that it's like well all right am i was i always destined to be 
this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he can't, you know, he can't answer that question. But they, they find this thing when he's a kid that he starts talking to an imaginary friend and the imaginary friend starts talking back and you think it's another kid. And then you see another scene where it's the it's Mark talking both parts back to his dad and his dad's like, oh no, like this, this is what I've always feared, you know, sort of thing. And it's really sad. And then he tries to get in the army and he can't do it. And it's sort of all of a sudden this failure pushes the, spe- uh, the Mark Spector personality aside because he can't deal with it. And this other one comes in. So you find out it's actually come before. And so this thing of becoming Moon Knight and then the introduction of the personas is what triggers it again. So, oh, I dealt with that. But now this other event has kicked it off again and it sort of it gave you more of that. Um, and you're always wondering, like, well, what actually really triggered it? And again, in the Max Bemis run, they've now introduced it and gone back even further and said, well, there was actually this traumatic event that happened that actually may have triggered this, you know, this trauma is what triggered him. This thing he couldn't deal with that he's now had to deal with. So it's been really interesting, and he is a fascinating character because other people. There was um, a, a he appeared in a Daredevil, not Daredevil, in a, a Punisher comic recently, and there's a, an exchange which you sort of go, I can't believe they did this. It's good, but basically he turns up to they don't like each other. Moon Knight and Punisher have always been a bit combative, and. Um, Punisher sort of says, you know, you know, are Moon Knight still crazy? And Moon's uh, like, yeah, Frank, uh, still homicidal? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then basically, I think one of the, um, Punisher says, uh, how's the uh, how's the imaginary moon deity? Fine. How's the dead family? <laughs> <laughs> and he's and Punisher's still dead. And you're like, I thought this was a joke panel. And, I was, and I'm like, no, no, this is a panel from a, a, a Marvel comic. It's incredible. And uh, um, I know time is starting to run yeah, out. Yeah. Um, so we'll start to wrap up. But I've got two more quick questions about Moon Knight because, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll be off. Um, I'll probably split this into three podcasts. Huzzah. Um, I'm so sorry. No, don't, don't be because it means that I just, I don't have to panic and try and, you know, quickly record with someone because, you know, occasionally guests drop, which is fine. But sometimes you've got like a two weeks and you're like, shit, I've got mm. nothing coming out. So this will do nicely. Um, I was going to say is... First of all, when did do you know the first general decade that Moon Knight came out? Seventies, uh, seventy four, seventy five, something. Like. So do you think that in because I know Fight Club was a book first by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, mm. Do you think Moon Knight may because that to what, how you described it, you know, without spoiling. Well, I mean, Fight Club's been out for ages, but people should fucking know by now and whatever. But in Fight Club, something happens, split personality stuff. It's like, do you think that was kind of be, like Moon Knight? Like. Do you, or do you I think it's just a weird coincidence? I think it's a bit of a coincidence. I also think um, multiple personality disorder was a bit of a hot topic in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, oh, okay. you, there's, there's several books, even from, the, even from the early 80s. Like it's, I'm reading The Exorcist at the moment, because hmm. um, um, it's fifth anniversary, and it, it's discussed in that. So it was one of those disorders that I think was, it was, it was in the zeitgeist, I think, um, right. around that time. I see. That's cool. And the last other thing is going to be um, about the series coming out. What would you actually, I assume you know a small amount, but like, what do you want from the series? Like what kind of Moon Knight, what would, would you hope if it's going to be, I don't know, you know, is it going to be like a limited series? Is it going to be an ongoing series? How do you want them to play Moon Knight? I think it's going to be limited. I mean, the thing is when I was watching, when Netflix had them and they were doing daredevil punisher and i'm, I'm re-watching daredevil I actually about five minutes yeah. before you start recording <laughs> megan's never seen them so i was like oh so yeah. we watched the series one i was like i can't wait for series two because when he interacts with punisher someone who won't kill someone who constantly kills i, I love the dynamic and i never watched series three so oh know, it's good yeah i know yeah. i've heard it's good i was watching it with a mate of mine and then the pandemic happened when we were kind of catching up so mm. anyway but yeah sorry so when i was watching those i was very much like you know this this is the tone i want like you know this is so watching sort of um that daredevil on that point Punisher and mm, um, that Punisher series, Je- Jessica Jones. One. Yeah, so that was very much. I was like, oh, this is the world it's got to be in, and I was, I was of that. I was like, this is the, it's got to be like this. It's got to be R-rated. It's got to be violent and all this other stuff. Uh, and then knowing that um, the MCU is going to be PG thirteen, like you know, the, yes, they're going to give Deadpool its thing, but that's a different thing entirely. And I don't think you know, Moon Knight doesn't have the cachet to be able to carry that off. So I'm accepting that it's going to be in. A PG thirteen uh, world, and that's fine because you can push certain barriers and that sort of thing. So, what do I want? I want them to maintain the mercenary element. I'm glad Oscar Isaac is in it because I think you know I'm glad they haven't just gone for 
mostly white guy sort of thing. Yeah, and he's such a... He's probably, I'd say Oscar Isaac is one of the best actors of yeah. the last uh, five to ten years because every single thing I've seen him... Obviously, he's good in Star Wars, but like Ex Machina, oh, uh, Inside so uh, yeah. Lewin Davis. Like every, every time I see him in anything, whether or not I know he's in it, he steals the show. He's, he's such a phenomenal actor. Well, the fact that they chose Oscar Isaac and he is such a he's such a versatile and such a talented actor tells me, or at least I'm hoping that they they will address in some capacity the the multiple personality disorder and mental illness. I, I think if you're going to have an actor of that caliber, then and, and Ethan Hawke as well. So you've got Ethan Hawke and his I also think it's good. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that they have that. I, I, you know, maybe Ethan Hawke will be conscious. I don't know, or he's, he had a brother called Randall Spector who he killed pretty quickly. Um, so I'm hoping that there's, that they address some of that. I, I, I don't. I want it to be dark, in the sense, and I don't mean dark as in sort of like goth. I, I want it to be sort of dark in that sense of like Mark, Mark Spector's not a good person mm-hmm. at, at the heart of it. Like he wants to be, but he's not. Like you know, he's always got this thing of like he will always fall back on violence. He will always fall back on that you know that element of himself, and I want that to be addressed as well. And I'm hoping they just they include some of the I just want the costume to be iconic. Like I'm not too bothered how they do it because he's had so many different costumes. But it's I want it to be at least white or silver. I want it to have the hood. I want it to have the specific type of cape, that sort of thing. But generally, I'm I'm fine with it. But I think because Moon Knight has never been, as you said, doesn't have like a core thing that's going to be addressed. I think, and I'm One Division was great. You know, I love them to you. Like, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is shaping up to be pretty good fun. I'm enjoying that. I'm, I'm hoping, like you say, I'm, I've got faith that they'll do something good. And I'm, I'm open to be going, yeah, show me what you want to tell me. Um, you know, I'm not expecting him to cut anyone's face off. I'm not expecting him <laughs> to start throwing, um, you know, moon darts at people or doing whatever. But I'm expecting him to be violent. And I'm expecting, to, to an extent, and I'm expecting him to address certain mental illness issues i think that sort of around that personality disorder or or st- stability issues you know i think that'd be really interesting yeah that's what i kind of hope uh, as well from because when i heard of the series i was excited for you because mm. i was like i was like oh shit because now i'm because now it's kind of like there's always that thing with me where it's like because i'm so interested in relatively everything and i know you've got a similar thing because you've just got such a wide berth of things you're interested in, there's not enough time in the day to absorb everything mm. but when there's like a series that comes out and it's like Oh, there's going to be a Moon Knight series, you know, next year or the year after. You go, okay. Well, really, that's kind of the nice kick up the bum to go. In the next two years, I want to consume some Moon Knight rather than it being that sort of ethereal. I'll do it at some point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really want to read Sandman. It's meant to be phenomenal, but there's nothing. There's no time. I could read that now. I could read that in ten years. Obviously, everyone who reads it goes, "You need to read it now." But mm. everyone says that about everything. But I'm just excited because. I thought One Division. We're not going to get into a whole MCU thing, but like I thought, One Division was cool. I thought the end was a bit flat, but generally speaking, it was cool and different. Falcon the Winter Soldier, better than I thought it was going to be so far. Mm. You know, especially what they're doing about race, which is quite interesting. I didn't expect them to go that route, but it's yeah. a very interesting way. And and what I'm hoping is basically the MCU movies are going to be the big, not very risky, just you know, standard movies. It's probably Black Widow is not going to be the best film ever. It's probably not going to be crap though. It's going to be mm. okay. It was going to be good. 7 out of 10, just a yeah. standard. This was pleasant to watch. Not my favourite. What I'm hoping they do is that with the series, they get weird and different. They've got a She-Hulk series, which I don't think yeah. anyone saw coming. They've got Moon Knight. They, and I think with what Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man showed especially was that as long as you've got someone good writing it and good people involved, it doesn't really matter who the character is because you can make it good if if you're faithful to some degree and you make it in the right way. No one thought, if you said to people in the 90s, oh, God, they're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, people would say, that is going to be the worst thing yeah. in the world. No one's going to watch it. It's going to destroy the MCU. It's like one of the most popular fucking films of the MCU. It's like the most mainstream favorite film uh, of the sort of MCU. And it's like, that's fine. Try and use that in the series. I want the series to get weird. I want the yeah, series to I, experiment. I think they will. I think what they're going to do is, I think that, you know, they're not daft. I mean, so final thought. They're obviously leading up to uh, Doctor Strange 2, which is going to be called The Multiverse of Madness. And I think it's about been, that. Yeah, and it's been directed by Sam Raimi. Like, you know, this is so awesome. Like, really excited by that. That's going to be mental. But I also think with things like WandaVision, they took a risk, but they took a risk with characters that we knew and 
you know, so both from the t- from the films and from the comics, everyone's like, oh yeah, we know one division, we know they have a relationship, and they did it in a very specific way. Took a risk because it could have gone pear shaped. Everyone could have watched the first two episodes and gone, this is pants, and I'm out. <laughs> but they didn't. Everyone remained invested, and it worked. Um, and I think they keep trying to test things, and I think they're doing something similar with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. They're doing like a buddy cop show, basically. Yeah. And they're going like, well, if this works, we can do other things. And I think they are. They're going to keep testing the water. And um, Loki comes out. That's got time travel and alternate time streams. Well, it's alternate Loki, isn't it? You watch the trailer. Yeah. It's like because obviously, spoiler alert: Loki dies in uh, Endgame, and then it's like, but in Endgame, in, in Endgame, oh, sorry, Infinity War, he dies. But then it's like it shows you an Endgame. They go back in time, fuck something up, and one of the Lokis disappears. And you, yeah, I forgot about that. But a friend of mine, Tonya, she saw, she heard about the Loki trailer, and she immediately went, "Oh, that's gonna be that Loki went back in time in Endgame, isn't it?" And I was like, I completely forgot about him. And then the yeah. trailer it confirms. So yeah, so they're now going to do alternate time mapping and other dimensions. And you go, right? They are setting you up for the weirdness. Mm-hmm. And so if if the audience goes with them, and that'll be with Doctor Strange too you're going to get, you might get a fourth wall break in She-Hulk like we had in the nineties and this other thing. You might get Moon Knight talking to a version of himself or a, a bird skull headed God. You know, you might get something weird. I think they're saping you up to go, how far can we push the weirdness now? You know, let's, let's see what we can do. And, and they're testing the waters. And if people have gone with it, right, let's, let's really push it out. Let's see what they can do. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be ace. Um, and, and and news is there's going to be a new Moon Knight series in July, so I'll be shaping up to get that as well. So yeah, no, all Moon Knight all the time is uh, is what I want. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Yeah, well, um, what I'll do is when I've, I've when I've finished Miracle Man, obviously I'll, I'll let you know and all that sort of jazz. But um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to contact you and get some details for Moon Knight and things. And is there just um, so I can put it in the notes and things? Is there any sort of is there a starting point? Would you say chronologically just start at the early Moon Knight and go through, or is there sort of specific series you think could stand um, out? At the moment, you know they do the complete collections. Yes. Um, so that Marvel have released the complete collections. There's three volumes of that. Mm. Um, from a paperback point of view, cheaper version, I would say if you can. Not there's not really no there's no real point. Like you say, it chops and changes that much. Um, probably one of the best ones to start with is the Warren Ellis one run. Mm-hmm. It's called um, From the Dead. So it's, yeah, it's called Moon Knight From the Dead uh, by Warren Ellis, and that run runs through. It's got Colin Bunn and. A, bunch of other writers after that that are really good as well so that's a good that's a good starting point wonderful cool well when i eventually get onto that i will let you know and then whenever comics emotion we seem to be doing watching of every conceivable series on the planet and so when moon Knight happens i'll be make sure to be saying guys let's reserve it scott yeah, yeah. you can be the moon Knight guru well that is absolutely wonderful we've been chatting now uh, off include the recording this one, mm. one recording is two hours 20 minutes off air we've been chatting for nearly three hours which i feel like we probably could easily chat for more but yeah. for our own sanities and probably our families <laughs> we should probably stop so tell everyone i'll be obviously putting the links uh, in the description to all three of these things but tell everyone where they can find you and plug as much as you would like Okay, well, the two main things, uh, obviously, is uh, Big Podcast is 20th Century Geek, which you can find us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, social media, all over the place. Just look for at 20th Century Geek. I also do a sci-fi movie review podcast with the fantastic Julian Darius. Uh, that's called Stories Out of Time and Space, and we are on Twitter at Pod Time Space. Uh, and if you want to come for just find me uh, and, and tell me why, uh, you know, I'm wrong about something or why you want to support <laughs> uh, Lovecraft or Moon Knight or that, you can find me at Scott Weatherly. Uh, also on Twitter. Wonderful. And if you love him a lot, he's got a Patreon. So make sure you go support I do. him. I do. Yeah, yeah. Go support me. That's yeah, so just, just uh, yeah. Patreon, uh, just look for 20th Century Geek. I'm on there. Yeah. I'll, I'll include links in the, in the description so all that sort of stuff. Mm. So it's been absolutely wonderful, Scott. And it's times like this where I, I think it. I need to have you on the show more often because we can just talk about anything. That's the <laughs> the crux is that we tried to work at Lovecraft once and we got so sidetracked to talk about something else for two and a bit hours. And then we do at Lovecraft. It was like, let's talk about Lovecraft for two hours, Moon Knight for another one. So that's yeah. absolutely wonderful. So I'll stop it here before we get onto some other amazing things. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Scott. Uh, thank you, Mark. As always, it's an absolute joy. So I appreciate it. And that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said at the start, this episode, as well as the other parts that I did with Scott Weatherly, were released on Patreon a week or two early. So if you want future early access to some of the longer conversations that I have, make sure you check out Patreon.
So what have we got coming up then? So next week is going to be, once again, another two-parter. It seems like recently all the episodes I've been doing have been really long episodes. Um, so I was speaking with a gentleman named Tom Everett. Now, he is an actor. He's done a bit on stage and a little bit in film and things. And we just had a really cool conversation about... We were meant to be talking about acting and things like that, but I think we ended up just kind of talking about his time as a tour guide, which was quite an interesting uh, discussion, how his skills sort of translate into acting. But then he said that one of his favourite podcasts of mine was the Good and Evil podcast I did with uh, Jack Thomas of the Trust Conversations podcast, where we spoke for like two and a bit hours about the concept of good and evil, and we did quite a deep dive into sort of morality and that sort of thing. And Tom Everett quite liked that, so we ended up just talking about that sort of thing. I'm pretty certain that we spoke about sort of morals and moral ambiguity and sort of religious entanglement with morality and things so i can't 100 remember the entirety of the conversation because it was quite a long one again but it is going to be split into two parts which means that all of you guys who are listening on the regular feed you'll get part one next week and then you'll get part two the week after that whereas all patreons will get access to the full unsplit episode next week and also for any patreons when an episode gets released here on this feed that they already have access to that's when i release an episode of afterthoughts on that feed but i also release you know an extra episode or two of afterthoughts each week anyway so if you did want to support the show for two pound a month or three dollars i think it is um which is you know a few loaves of bread which is what i said last week which i thought was quite funny if you if you want to support the show for the equivalent of a couple of loaves of bread uh, per month then you will get access to several hours of early access content as well as about anywhere between 20 and 40 minutes of extra content per week uh, which translates to you know about two three hours of content extra every month so you get that amount of content we do you know tv series film reviews we've been going through the spider-man films recently which megan has not been enjoying that much if i'm being honest because she loves tom holland's spider-man and doesn't really like toby Maguire's spider-man or andrew carford's one for that matter very much um, but it's quite fun because we've done there's loads of episodes already on there so if you became a patreon supporter now you would get access to hours and hours of content we've done got little miss sunshine we've done reviews of documentaries like murder among the mormons we did the queen's gambit with the witcher we recently watched tangled for the first time in ages so we're probably gonna do a little afterthoughts on that so we try and do quite a wide berth we used to 27 dresses knocked up there's some chick flicks that we do there's some marvel films that we do and superhero stuff um there's quite we try and do quite a wide variety and each week i release two episodes i try and have one episode being either star wars or superhero related and then one other episode not about that at all so if you don't even like that sort of thing there you go i also post other photos and things there's videos of my tortoise on there and photos and i'm trying to do like sort of funko pop fridays and things where i take photos of some of my funko bops on fridays and whatnot there's lots of different bits and pieces if you don't want to financially roll me and you just want free stuff go over there anyway because you can listen to star wars phantom menace and also our views on the witcher season one completely for free which is like half an hour of free content so go check that out Aside from that, guys, uh, coming up, I've got an episode recorded with uh, Matthew B. Lloyd, who is part of the Comics in Motion family, which is where my Star Wars podcast airs every Saturday. And he does a show every other Monday called Classic Comics, where he delves into the golden age of comics. So like the 40s and 50s, and I think the 60s of comics. So like the origins of Captain America, some of the really old school characters, like the original Human Torch, that's completely different to Johnny Storm, who is in uh, the Fantastic Four. There's lots of really interesting connections and things. He's done an episode about Catman, which is quite interesting the original batman that was or the original batman who is different from the batman we know and love there's loads of cool things that he tackles that i honestly had no idea about and he's very very intelligent and what was great is when we spoke uh for genuine chit chat we spoke for about two hours about old school comics and star wars and there's a star wars newspaper strip that was going on after the a new hope got released when it was just called star wars before empire strikes back was released and it was is a newspaper strip um so every day in the newspaper you'd get a little bit more of the story and i think on sundays you'd get like a slightly different story in some ways but in one of the panels you've got boba fett teaching luke skywalker how to ski and i just think that's one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life which maybe that goes to show what my humor's like but it's so funny watching yeah you've got boba fett trying to teach luke skywalker how to ski it's it's bizarre but it is brilliant and it's just off the walls balmy so we speak about that and loads of other crazy things that are in legends that some of them are actually in canon now which is quite bizarre like i think it's jackson rabbit who's like a humanoid five foot tall rabbit but is like a person wearing like a spacesuit and he's like a main character in some of the Star Wars comics. He's now in Star Wars Adventures, actually. But there's lots of crazy weirdness in Star Wars. So really interesting to speak to Matt. And then 
Tom wants to come on the show again. So the gentleman who's going to be coming on next week, he's going to come on the show again to kind of hone in a bit more, I think, on sort of moral questions and sort of a lot of the sort of uh, theoretical questioning and things like that, like concept of good, good and evil and heaven and hell and life and all these sorts of other things. So that should be quite a fun conversation. And I've also got a few things in the pipeline of like, as members of the Comics Emotion family I want to have on the show, as other people have reached out to me that I'm kind of organizing with them, having them on the show. There's a couple of people involved with Star Wars that I'm going to have on the show. There's, there's loads of bits and pieces sort of all around that I want to kind of connect the dots for. Um, but there's also like, there's some artists that I'm going to reach out to to have on the show. And, you know, usually with me, it's just kind of on the day what I sort of fancy. And then I'll just kind of send out like 10 emails to different people asking if they want to come on the show. And a lot of them want to come on. So that's really what you can expect. Um, if you haven't already checked out my Star Wars show, please go check that out. Um, it, whether or not you like Star Wars loads or not that much, it's really good to kind of get a better peripheral knowledge and understanding of well, the expanded content. I try and explain them and I go through the comics and whatnot in a way that if you've never read the comics, you get the narrative, you get the connections, you get more information on certain characters and things. Like I did the Age of Resistance Villains comics recently, so I just basically gave loads of backstory on Kylo Ren, General Hux, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, and Phasma. And I also went through the one-shot comics that they're involved with. You don't need to read the comics at all. I try and structure the show so you've, you don't have to read the comics, so I give you a vague idea of what happens. But I also give loads of information about the back characters and some of the planets they may visit in the comics. But also, if you have read the comics, a lot of people like reading the comics and then listening to the show because it then kind of reinforces what they've just read and brings some context to things that they may have missed so that's my star wars show that you can tell i'm very passionate about and i, I love it and obviously i've got this show i've got my afterthoughts show on patreon and as well as that i've been on several guesting shows like uh for the 20th century geek i was on desert island comics so i spoke about three star wars comics i'd like to take if i got stuck on a desert island one of them was a c3po comic and two were darth vader comics so that was quite fun and also me and megan did a massive Batman retrospective where we watched like loads of Batman films and spoke to Scott about them and also very recently me and Megan were on the Comics Emotion feed talking about the finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier so if you want to hit it's very spoilery so you're going to have to make sure you watch that episode um, on Disney Plus or whatever before listening but myself Megan and Chris Phelps of the TV movie show and one of the podfathers of Comics Emotion we all talk about the finale and what we thought of it and the series in general and stuff so if you fancy that go check over uh, Comics in Motion I think the episode's about an hour long or so and also I can't remember if we spoke about it when recording or not recording but me Megan and Chris are planning on doing a Fast and Furious retrospective because I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies bar Hobbs and Shaw and Tokyo Drift I've seen them all once uh, semi-recently whereas Megan has never seen any of them and Chris loves them so I thought it'd be quite fun for us to sort of watch maybe like three not at a time but you know watch three do an episode about it watch the next three do an episode about it uh, because I always like hearing even if Megan doesn't like a film I really like hearing her criticisms about them because they're just, <laughs> a lot of the time they're just really fun especially with spider-man 3 um so yeah that's kind of what's in the pipeline going forward and there are lots of other things but obviously i don't like to talk about the things that aren't exactly cemented that i don't have recorded but on patreon i do put up guest lists even though i didn't do one this month so i need to put up a guest list for may to confirm to everyone what i'm doing over the next month or so but anyway i've been rambling on now for like 10 minutes in this intro in this intro in this outro so i do apologize for that guys really hope you guys enjoy this if you don't want to support the show financially or anything like that on patreon please leave a review on itunes or wherever you listen to the show tell your friends about the show share on social media and that is perfect you know spreading the show or supporting financially either or i'm happy for some of you guys do both and i completely adore each and every one of you who do that but i do see a lot of you guys who do just share the show and stuff and it, it means the world to me honestly this little show that i've been doing for a few years now just basically by myself wanting to talk to people i find interesting and i'm just happy that so many people listen to it and enjoy it and find it useful so thank you guys for listening as always especially when i ramble so much at the end here it is a nightmare um but yeah appreciate you guys listening as always and i'll speak to you guys next week